given the unexpected mess that was 2020, I think it would have taken a lot to surprise us at this stage. But honestly, none of us could have possibly expected a ship bigger than the Empire State Building to get stuck in the tiny passage that is the Suez Canal. Hello everyone and welcome to For the Love of Pod, brought to you by the Finance and Investment Cell of Hindu College. We are Niyati and Nanika and we will be your hosts for today. So please enjoy Nanika's over-excitement, contrasted by Niyati's incredibly calm and zen behavior. Okay, but getting into our topic, I am shocked that in 2021, we are still talking about the Suez Canal. Honestly, the last time I remember it being relevant was literally on an episode of The Crown. And back then, the crisis was caused by entire countries who were ready to go to war and other complex political things that I'm sure someone else will explain better. But the fact that in this day and age, we have to worry about a ship getting stuck in a canal, it just makes me feel like, bro, have we not made any progress at all? Right. On one hand, we are developing driverless cars, putting civilians into space. And on the other hand, we're having a hard time navigating canals. Coffee contrasts, I must say. But before we get into the actual crisis, why don't you explain what the canal is for people who didn't pay a lot of attention in history class? Or just me. Not gonna lie, I didn't pay a lot of attention. <laughs> okay. So the canal has essentially created an artificial waterway between the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea, making trade more convenient between Europe and East Asia. So it reduces the distance between the Arabian Sea and London by roughly 8 to 10 days, I guess. So this obviously saves a lot of fuel, resources, so win-win for everyone. But originally, it was mainly important for the British because it connected a lot of the parts of their empire. Yeah, but that didn't really help them, though, did it? Most of the countries of their so-called empire eventually became like republics. I wonder how they felt when Egypt, which I think is the country along the canal, became independent. <laughs> oh, believe me, they tried their best to control the canal when Egypt became independent in, I guess, 1922. So the company that ran the canal was actually owned mostly by British and French shareholders. That is, of course, until the original crisis kicked in. The crisis that made me realize that something called the Suez Canal even existed because it was on the crown. Judgment, <laughs> judgment, karo guys. But I heard that at one stage the crisis was bad enough to start a nuclear war, and the political repercussions that followed for all the countries involved, like whoa. Okay, so it's a little bit more nuanced than that. So I'll try to explain this in a non-history teacher way. So in 1936, a treaty was signed by Britain and Egypt, allowing British troops to remain in the canal zone until 1956. Neeti, let me stop you right there. I think that was the most history teacher type start ever. I am already halfway into my nap. Okay, all right, all right. Soon, no, though. So soon after the Egyptians ditched the monarchy and got a new president, he, with Soviet Union support, broke the treaty and nationalized the canal. Made it public property essentially, Egyptians' key public property though, and then the inevitable happened. Egypt was attacked by Israel, France, and Britain for doing this. 
This is when Soviet Union intervened and threatened to nuke Western Europe if they did not withdraw from Egypt. They were always very trigger happy, clearly. And the story doesn't end here. U.S. ki entry baki hai. U.S. warned the Soviet Union to not get involved. Ekdam gang war ready to break out, but the Godfather comes into the picture. So it's like when two kids fight in school, then call their parents, and then they start arguing with each other to defend their kids. U.S. and Soviet Union were those parents. Then finally, those countries withdrew from Egypt after one year, ending that crisis. This crisis revealed who the actual superpowers were in the world, the U.S. and the Soviet Union. They managed to keep this reputation intact for, I think, another three decades. Now both of them are meme content, but I promise we'll cover this in a different podcast. But I have to admit, the OG crises used to happen for things like schools. Today, are just like, you guys were stupid enough to get a ship the size of the Empire State Building stuck in the canal. Like really, you didn't even consider that it might happen when you decided to make a canal that narrow. The canal that lies on probably the most important trade route in the world and you didn't even think about it. Actually, Nanaka, this technically is not the first time that ships got stuck in the Suez Canal. And they were stuck for a whole while longer the last time that happened. Wait, this was during that six-day war, right? The time when Egypt and Israel were really salty with each other and they made some 12 or 14 ships get caught in the crossfire. Exactly. So Egypt decided to block the canal with sunken ships and other things to get back at Israel and 14 ships got stuck in the canal. For almost 8 years, can you believe that? Seriously? 8 years? For a war that technically lasted 6 days? That's so sad, dude. Fahito, dude, the original crew was allowed to leave after like 3 months, but they had to leave the ships behind. So capitalist companies that obviously care way more about their ships than about their crew decided to send relief crews that would rotate. The crew also took this as an opportunity to party and even had their own version of the Olympics. Well, I'm glad to say this blockage certainly lasted a significantly shorter time than eight years. Thank God. Yeah, thankfully the Ever Given had moved within a week. But initially, people believed that the ship would be stuck for a lot longer. But I still can't wrap my head around the fact that a ship that large got stuck. How does that even happen? See, bro, the ship dug dug itself into the sidewall of the canal. Wobi diagonally. And it completely blocked the passage. And one thing you should know about the Suez Canal is that most of the route is transversible in a single lane. So the traffic has to alternate between north-moving and south-moving ships. This is basically why everything came to a standstill. But the canal has two lanes since 2015, right? So this allows ships to go in both directions. So some ships could have still been unaffected by this blockage, right? Huh, but what you don't realize is that that two-lane aspect is just a part of the canal. This ship, which somehow happened to be one of the largest container ships in the world, got stuck exactly at that part where the canal is just a single lane and it blocked it completely. Well, seriously, this was clearly a series of unfortunate events and coincidences. 
but bro i think one of the most entertaining things to come out of this was when the blockage was live there was this literally a website called is the ship still stuck.com which gave information about whether the ship was still stuck the time it was stuck for the time it was moving and how much money it cost for the blockage ha uh, huh, but there are multiple aspects to the cost of the blockage right first there are the losses suffered in economic trade and then second is the amount of money that will have to be paid out for causing the blockage well see the cause of the blockage isn't very clear as of right now they started out by saying that the change in the wind was the cause but then they said that human and technical errors were involved some reports now suggest that poor visibility from a sandstorm is also to blame so it's hard to put a finger on it right now but this matter is now the subject of a very high profile investigation so i'm so we know but the only takeaway that you and i should have is that it cost a lot of money hundreds of ships had to take a call on whether they should wait out the traffic jam or reroute and take a route that would add at least 10 days to their journey the former wasted time while the latter wasted time and added cost because of the delays and distance either way there was significant demurrage cost By the way, demurrage is a fancy word for the pesa that you would ask Amazon to give you when the bhaiya doesn't deliver your package on time. But imagine it in terms of billions of dollars, which your grey brain can't even dream of. But anyway, I'm sure the companies will sue someone for all of the demurrage cost incurred by them. But dude, also think about the millions of dollars which will have to be paid out in insurance claims, which were taken out on the stuck cargo. and in addition to that i heard that oil prices jumped like 4% because people feared that the blockage would last weeks see yeah, i think the blockage caused enough damage in 6 days since the ship blocked the canal for 6 days the total trade loss has been estimated at roughly 54 billion dollars that's 9 billion dollars a day the canal zone revenue was taking a hit of almost 15 million dollars a day Up now that countries are going to seek damages, God help them. Egypt alone is planning to seek a billion dollars in damages, and we haven't even begun to factor in the costs that the companies will collect. I am afraid that this six-day-long blockage will have far-reaching effects. Well, hopefully those effects won't be nearly as bad as ships stuck in the canal for eight years. Believe me, they have been through far worse. maybe but abhi ke liye here you have it folks one of the most bizarre crises to have graced our times broken down for you and ab of course nenika ke self promotion ka time hai so sab sun lo are of course bhaiya follow us on instagram at fic hindu linkedin and everywhere else check out our other podcasts on spotify and our website as well and while you're at it keep listening stay safe and take care thank you so much